welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. The podcast, so why is it plural? You fucked the fucking intro already? Uh, Are you episode. Yeah. yeah. Say welcome, you'll get it wrong in the second word. Yeah, oh god. Um, yeah, welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. Uh, your hosts, as always, are Richie and Farley. Say hello, Farley. Hello. <laughs> um, this is episode 19 and we are going to be talking about 1996 but before that you can also find more of our driveling shite on www.thatguys.co.uk you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at thatguysamaniac uh, and I suppose we <laughs> also <laughs> Do we have a sponsor, Farley? Who sponsors yeah, we this? We couldn't bring this quality podcast to you without a sponsor. This week we are sponsored by Boomerang Bros International Airlines. Uh, Boomerang your... Bros, okay. Boomerang Bros International Airlines for all your airline needs. Uh, they also run special service for Mario Kart circuit teams flying out to such destinations as Sweet Sweet Canyon, Sherbet Land and Shy Guy Falls. That's Boomerang Bros International Airlines. Thank you, Boomerang Bo- Oh, for fuck's sake. Don't Come on. fuck with the sponsor, dude. <laughs> you never get sponsored again. Thank you, Boomerang Bros. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, Farley, (laughs) (laughs) we were having a little chat the other day there, and I wanted to do a podcast about 1996, because in my mind, I thought it was a very good year for games, or games that I enjoyed, sort of that transition of moving from the SNES into the PlayStation and N64 era. Um, But you mentioned, why are we doing it about 1996? Why are we not doing it about 1998? And I had no idea of the phenomenon that was 1998. Tell me a bit about the phenomenon of 98. Yeah, so uh, on the, the video games webosphere however you want to call it um, every now and then amongst gamers of a particular age there's kind of a discussion as to you know, what was the what was the best game in video games and uh, recently uh, it's, it kind of falls into the same basket as uh, talking about Cap God have you ever heard that Cap God phrase? I have no idea cap, what Cap so Cap, cap as God. in Capcom oh yeah Cap God so uh when they go through like a, a phase of they can do no wrong, they become Cap God. And then they had the long do you remember that long phase where they commission games, have ridiculously high expectations for their sales, not hit them and then just cancel everything. And then I wanna say about three years ago, Cap God came back, uh when Street Fighter came back and they were kind of firing all cylinders. So very much part of that awful you know, jargon forum discussion boards but 1998 is often brought up as being a belter of a year uh, and so when we have years where we've got 
a bunch of blockbuster or good titles coming out uh, it's often kind of compared to you know oh is, is 20xx the 1998 video games for the 21st century uh, so yeah <laughs> Um, however, you've taken the, uh, which isn't too controversial, I think. Um, you want to have a look at 1996, which is obviously two years before 1998, a little bit earlier uh, in the kind of cycle for that particular generation. If you're a young person and listening to this, this is probably getting infuriating. A bunch of 80s and 90s kids talking about how the 90s were fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think our things. demographic doesn't include anyone. Full <laughs> yeah, stop. Right. <laughs> Just full stop. Too. Doesn't include anyone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Give this episode a skip if um if you think the nineties weren't all that. I mean, I don't think people are here for our groundbreaking journalism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of set the scene um, of 1996, bring us back to those heady days. Oh, I hate using that word, heady. It's always it's always a heady day when you talk about something in the past. I don't know oh, why halcyon. it's heady. Halcyon. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I th- yeah, no. Um, so, 1996. <laughs> what was in the news, Farley? We had... Dolly the Sheep getting cloned. We had the Royals all getting divorces. Diana and Fergie. Um, we also had BSE. Do you remember BSE? Foot and mouth disease? I do, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the year of that. And that was a thing when you weren't allowed to have school lunches with like spaghetti bolognese and shit like that, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being in the news, but I don't really remember much changing. And yeah, along with BSE, we had um, a Labour government. <laughs> we had Tony Blair doing his thing, and we apparently had the lowest unemployment in years. I don't think um, it affected me. I think I was like allowed to be unemployed, or <laughs> I shouldn't have been employed because it had been child labour sort of thing. Um, but yeah. What were you listening to, Farley? What were you listening to at that time? <clears throat> Are you going to tell me? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It was like, it was um, sort of Britpoppy stuff. I don't know if you were an Oasis boy or a Blur boy or sort of into Suede or were you more into... I think I can actually download the answer to this question. You were probably digging Gina G singing Ooh Ah just a little bit for the Eurovision Song Contest uh, One of Us by Joan Osborne Garbage. yeah yeah absolutely we also had and I couldn't believe how old this album was Antichrist Superstar by Marilyn Manson was 1996 really? yeah <laughs> <clears throat> that's the height of Babylon Zoo yep there's <laughs> a lot of shitty boring music there like Supergrass Radiohead Blur yeah I mean uh, no I, don't, I think it was still quite a good gear for music you also had the Macarena <laughs> you had uh, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison Return of the Mac Mysterious I can't believe by Peter Andre yep Good Enough by Dodgy The Sounds of the Summer 
<laughs> and of course, Jamiroquai doing his song where he, he's on Travelators. You know, doing that thing. Yeah. Yeah, this certainly wasn't a good year in music. <laughs> um, and what about films? What films were you watching, Farley? I think you were watching on repeat because you love the Scottish so much. Train spotting? I yeah. Seen you don't think you've seen Trainspotting? Fuck off. <laughs> we we watched it together. Oh, can't have been very good. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> Fuck off. What about Independence Day? Did you like that one? <clears throat> yeah, that was alright. That yeah. helped actually. Independence Day. <laughs> yeah. It just there wasn't enough heroin taken in Independence Day for me. There <laughs> <laughs> wasn't enough shitting the bed for you. I love shitting the bed, yeah. So <laughs> I look forward to film. But yeah, we also had uh, Happy Gilmore as well. And oh, yeah. and of course Leo DiCaprio doing his um Romeo and Juliet with I can't even remember who it was. Who who Claire was the girl Dance. in it? Hmm? Claire Danes? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was her. Okay. And she just disappeared until Homeland. Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah. It's good. Um and in of course the other thing that is actually quite nostalgic for me at that time, and I don't know why this is, it's probably just because I was brought up with it, but it's it's, it's friends. It's friends season two. It's a good time for friends. Ross and Rachel are together. Joey's just bought Lazy Boys for the room, you know. So it's it's a nice time in Friends, nineteen ninety six. <laughs> but also there's games that come out in nineteen ninety six, which is why I, I just kind of wanted to bring this up because I, I think I was quite privileged to have both a N sixty four and a PS one at this time, and of course the SNES. Um, what systems were you rocking around that time? So we probably would have had SNES. I don't think we got on N64 the year it came out. That was afterwards. Uh, Mega Drive, and then I think we got the PlayStation. Must have been late '96 or maybe '97. Okay. So I remember the, a lot of the first games we were playing weren't the first games out. So you know we were playing sequels to things having not seen or played the first ones alright oh, okay okay cool so what um, I asked us to do is kind of run through and have a look at some of the games from 96 that I don't know shaped us that we liked and ones that we perhaps spent a little bit too much time on in our you know, in the state that we were <laughs> in 1996. So I'm gonna get hand over to you. What was one of your 96ers that you spent a little bit too much time playing or enjoying? So back in 1996, in my home city, we didn't really have uh, well, we didn't have game shops like chain game shops. There was no. Game. Electronics Boutique. Uh, <laughs> electronics Boutique, yeah. <laughs> I, the, I don't know if we had one or if it was later. So we actually 
ordered a lot of our games through, and I wish I could remember the name of the company, because it later span off into something else. Maybe did it become game? Maybe it didn't. Um, but in the back pages of uh, PlayStation Plus magazine, it would just be you know two two pages with a big list of games. Uh, you had no idea what they were or if they were any good, uh, and then we'd order those. So that's how we first got our first tranche of PlayStation games. And 1996 was the year of uh, two good trilogy games. Um, Alien Trilogy, and I know that was a lot of people's first PlayStation game. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which was, quite, which was quite good, and probably a high point in the Alien video game world. I would say so, yeah. Until about Isolation, it was probably a forerunner. <laughs> yeah, so it's Alien Trilogy, I think the first Alien vs. Predator, uh, then Alien Resurrection, and then Alien Isolation, I think are the four good ones. Uh, but the other trilogy that I wanted to talk about, which we had, um, was Platinum when we got it. So it had obviously been out for some time, although I don't actually know how the Platinum system works. Uh, because you'd often see both the Platinum and the non-Platinum versions. Yeah, and they were just, one was double the price of the other. It was fucking nuts. I never understood it. Yeah. I know. And, and obviously the cheap, the Platinum one, which is the cheap, cheaper one, had a shitty cover and a silver spine, which really yeah. messed up. <laughs> Euro CD collection of showing them all. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. No, it's just actually there's a couple that messed up um, uh, how these games look on the shelves. So the second trilogy, which I want to talk about, one of our earliest PlayStation games that our family got was Die Hard trilogy. Did you yeah. Know you trilogy? Yes, I did. It was actually one of the ones that I had on my list as well. Hey. There is another trilogy just before we run off as well. Okay. <laughs> You've got What's Alien trilogy. Yeah, Mortal Kombat Trilogy as well, yeah. which is a bad, bad. But, you know, we have to talk about Mortal Kombat every single podcast. Yeah, of course And do. did you yeah, know... Fact. <laughs> <laughs> Later. <laughs> upcoming potential DLC characters. Exactly. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. And I, oh, we don't do this enough anymore, I think, which is start game series with a trilogy. Um... <laughs> or based on a trilogy of movies. I don't know, it's weird. Uh, but unlike perhaps the other two, Die Hard trilogy was cool in that it was essentially three games in one. Yeah, it's uh, three separate games, yeah. Yeah, nope. so the first one, but, but vastly different games. So the first one based on Die Hard uh, was uh, kind of a, uh, isometric. You made your way up. Uh, floors of the is it Nakatomi Plaza in the first one? Yeah, I would call it a platformer. Yeah, Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Yeah. So you make your way up floors, and you're kind of presented with the isometric view of um, of each levels. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a run and gun, um, but it's fun and challenging. Die Hard Two was a light gun game and quite a good yeah. light gun game, uh, set in the airport. And then Die Hard Three was a. <sighs> kind of like a proto crazy taxi except it was more uh, there was less kind of stopping and letting people out it was more just driving from destination to destination yeah uh, and they were all, it was weird weird right to have that, that trilogy like that where the games are so different and yeah, all three of them were good um, the first one we played a lot of and I think we got all the way through uh, and that was it was just solid from what I remember 
Um, yeah, I like I. I'll be honest with you. Um, Dry Hard Trilogy, the first one, I think I played it a bit, but I certainly did not. Um, I don't think I completed the first one in any fashion. I just spent most of my time on the second one. But yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, try, I'm, I'm going to look up screenshots of Die Hard because I have. <laughs> I Excellent. It's well, really isometric. It's fully 3D. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more of a, a yeah 3D platformer sort of thing. Yeah, third person. Um, and then we had, I think it was a Predator-like gun to play through. Okay. Uh, Die Hard 2. Um, I am looking at the Predator-like gun. Yeah, we had a Predator-like gun. Oh, I remember that box. It's got a really gaudy box. Blue. <laughs> Uh, you could play it with the joypad, but it was really tough, obviously, and not as good. Uh, yeah, no, you did not play it with the joypad at all. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they had the third one where you're, where you're driving around. And, and there was just so many, in a way, I don't know if it's because you know we were young and that's what we were doing or it made an impression. But there's so many sound bites that me and my brother still refer to. <laughs> All three of those games, and obviously some of them were lifted. Some of them were lifted from the films. Uh, yes, you've got like a Samuel Jackson voice alike. I don't think it was actually him screaming. Are you aiming for those people every two seconds in the in the driving game? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the driving game is really hard. Um, I don't I think, think... We've busted that. Uh. I, I I don't really remember, but I remember the driving game being kind of. Did it ever end? Yeah, I don't did, think. Yeah, you had to. Okay. I was kind of thinking it was sort of like an infinite thing, like Crazy Taxi. You just kept on going, looking for explosives and turning them off, and that was it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever ended. Well, good job we both had it on our list. We both did. Yeah, yeah, I know, and we researched it so much. <laughs> you know, fucking hell. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what, what, what a treat for an early PlayStation game. Mixing it up with three different games, being based on a movie and not being awful, which... Uh, wasn't always the case back then. Uh, uh, hours of, of Christmas-based fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was a definite fan of the second one. I think that's where I spent most of my time, was just playing with the light gun and enjoying, actually, a light gun game because they're so few and far between. Nowadays, we were talking about this recently as well. It's like, what has happened to light gun games? And obviously... They, they just don't really exist anymore because of you can't use light gun technology on flat screen TVs but you do have similar things with uh, with like the Wii and the Wii had that um, what's it called the the House of the Dead where you could like dual wield and things like that on it. Oh yeah, no, the, uh, the Wii was phenomenal, it was a, a, a renaissance for light gun games in the home because you had both Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil 4, Chronicles, yeah. Chronicles. Okay, yeah. Great. 
the light gun games. Uh, then there was they re-released House of the Dead. Link's crossbow training was the game that came with uh, the it's almost like a crossbow without the bow bit uh, <laughs> add-on. So you, you put the nunchuck and then you hook the you took the nunchuck sorry towards the back and then you put the uh, Wiimote in the front uh, and then the new House of the Dead, House of the Dead Overkill uh, also came out and there's another one that I'm trying to think of um, that was also great so yeah I loved loved all those because I was quite a big fan of the uh, the Gun Con games yeah um, so Time Crisis and then what's the other one where you do challenges oh god is it House of the Dead no Point Blank Point Blank oh yeah 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 and then we'd always get up to the level where you had to, you had one bullet and had to shoot uh, the cork out of a champagne bottle that's as far as we ever got I think <laughs> so yeah like I like I guess great and uh, it was good to see the back on the Wii there was also that it wasn't so good but they also the uh, the light gun game the Resident Evil light gun game fucking hell my brain is not working <laughs> it's too hot it's too hot today you're overheating it really is it's hot and sticky uh, Resident Evil light gun game survivor. but yeah Resident Evil survivor okay yeah but um, along with that it's like yeah I just don't understand why we don't still have light gun games around. Um, they, they should just be there, and it feels like the the Switch has a perfect ability to do that. Still, I just don't understand why it's not there. You know, or even I think there is a I think there is a light gun game on the uh, you know the kind of Wii Sports or Wii Play version of the Switch. The Switch oh, okay. So it's perfectly doable, um, and then of course, well, I, perhaps things like the Connect and virtual reality did in for light gun games. So you can sort of do what you can in light gun games, but less well using full body motion control, which goes off. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I- there's still something uh, very pure about like duck hunt, you know, uh, yeah. just being able to sort of shoot those things. Very arcadey, which yeah, I feel is just missing from everything in general. I don't know. Yeah, we had a, we also had a, I don't know how, but we had a weekend with um, Toe Jam and Earl and a couple of other uh, Mega Drive light gun games. I can't remember why we only had a weekend. Maybe we borrowed it from somebody. Um, yeah, got a lot of time for them. And the yeah. Dark Trilogy one was quite good as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weapons here and there. I know, I think that, that was the fun. There was a, a lot of ex- exploration you could do with that as well. And I remember it, it was also not quite infuriating to like, because you could like change to go different directions or something like that. And it was like, by shooting one side of the screen or something. Ah, it was so good. So good that we researched this in advance. <laughs> ah, fucking so, hell. Die, die Hard Trilogy, and I'm not convinced we've seen anything quite like it. Uh, no. Attempting to do three things in one, in one 
and then and it's something that we uh, you know me and my friends who play games discussed a lot uh, I guess the mechanics of it are, are pain in the ass but why aren't there more co-op games where you've all got a different role um, hmm. there are a couple there's that PC airship game uh, but you know, if you put all all of those elements into one into one game, so you've got somebody who's driving around, somebody who's shooting things, and then I guess somebody who has a really boring job of just reloading. <laughs> well, you yeah, a quick the, time event or there was there was a PC game. I think it was around ninety six, ninety seven as well, and it, it was actually made by Microsoft, which had a similar thing. It like came with one of the crazy, you know. You used to get these flight control joysticks or you yeah. in fact you probably still do uh, but it was one of these games um and um basically you had one person who was doing like an RTS but could launch a hero type character um who would be controlled by the um the flight stick sort of thing so yeah. you'd have this you know 1v1 sort of battle with uh, sort of terrain vehicles and air vehicles and things like that and you'd be fighting versus the computer but you you would be uh, like if one person was in control of the vehicles they would be behind the joystick and the other person would be doing mouse keyboard right uh, resource collecting and things like that and every so often would be able to like give you access to a powerful um sort of hero type um, air vehicle or whatever and you were more because uh, you were actually a human character you could stick around for as long as possible uh, until you know you could be recalled or whatever uh, but yeah that was that was a cool game I played with a, with a friend of mine in school as well that was good I have yeah, no idea what it was called <laughs> it's more of that I say because there was they always did something weren't there plans for uh, the Eve series so Eve Online uh, the be. Eve series has a lot of plans and a lot of different things it's going to do and promises including yeah. fixing Iceland's um, <laughs> financial crisis of 2000 or whatever but wasn't that what Dust was supposed to be was it oh like Dust was um, a planet which would be affected by the Eve universe so in theory things happening in real time around this planet like an orbital strike or whatever could happen from a player and I use the word player very fucking liberally when it comes to Eve um, a spreadsheet maintainer um, and, and things like that would happen do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. yeah no, I've, I've been really excited about it but um and you also had uh, Valkyrie as well, which was their other thing um, for uh, for CCP um, in Nottingham or whatever it was, where they were doing this sort of one. Um, was that? I think it was like a team battler, but then you also had like a ship you could use, and it was sort of a standalone thing. Ugh, I, I mean, I, aspirations are fine. It's a very expensive MMO. Um, and apparently not as good as it used to be so who knows <laughs> yeah 
I'm just being negative and down on 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 Eve Online there. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why. <laughs> I probably love it. She's one of these things, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you probably would. You'd probably probably get really into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of these things where you just sort of decide that you don't like it, so you're not going to get into it. Like like. Um, <laughs> Everybody gives the Uncharted series really good reviews, but fuck it, no, I'm not interested. Is that a cheap, blooming fucking Tomb Raider knockoff? Not interested. <laughs> no, not interested. I don't care if it gets 99%. It's rubbish. <laughs> Just because you don't have the time to invest in it and you're kind of worried, oh shit, I need to <laughs> learn everything I can about this game pronto. Um, but yeah, so anything else about um, Die Hard Trilogy? No, but it was one of the one of our earliest games on the PlayStation. And actually, two more on my list. One of them is probably the first game that we had. One is probably the second or third. So, associate memories of looking at that game case and playing that game with the excitement of uh, having a PlayStation. And as we've talked about at length, having a handful of demo discs, uh, and, you know, getting to play fragments of. Yeah, games that perhaps we never played again or saw again, uh, and it's all seemed very, all seemed really exciting, um, and in a way, I think this it's not really been until the Switch that I've had that same level of just general excitement about what's coming out and uh, uh, a game and a new platform. For a while, there it just seemed to be just more of the same. So yeah. I didn't oh, okay. Especially excited in the same way. So, yeah, for me, the Switch brings back some of those early PlayStation memories of making the jump from SNES and Mega Drive. I mean, obviously, yeah, that, that's something I, I kind of wanted to mention as well. Is like th- this really was sort of a transitionary time, you know, because the SNES was still going strong. There were still games coming out for the SNES. And then you know the N64 was just about to come out because I think it came out like sort of at the back end of 1996 um, whereas the PS1 had been out since about the sort of end of 95 or the start of 96 um, so there was still that sort of we still like 2D sprites and of course everything that was 3D um, or <laughs> like even just looking at um, Die Hard trilogy, that first one, where it's just basically blocks uh, <laughs> with coloured blocks moving around and a very, very square Bruce Willis. <laughs> I mean, it's good fun, but it's, uh, yeah, that change there was just happening. And I, I was discussing this with you because, like, there was also these two and a half D games that were coming out, or as that's what they were called at that time, where it was looked 3D and everything had been rendered and it was actually slightly prettier and a bit more rounder than um, things like Fade to Black or um, or Die Hard Trilogy um, but they were actually just 2D games so they would be like games that would be you couldn't move off an axis and it would play like a side scroller but it would look like you were moving out of 3D and into different um I suppose, of different views and the games that I'm meaning here are things like uh, Pandemonium and um, Knights do you know what I mean? No No? No? 
What, what do you mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you don't know pandemonium. I know pandemonium, but I don't know what you mean. You don't know what I mean by two and a half D. Yeah, I do, but you're not explaining it very well. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how better to explain it. It's, um... It's just a 2D so, game. It's a 2D uh, game, but it's rendered entirely in 3D. So it's kind of like um, a good example nowadays would be New Super Mario Brothers, where it is only just on one plane. You're still doing a simple 2D platformer, but everything is rendered in 3D. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like those. It's like the precursor to that. Um, and these were... This was like finally being able to take control of technology that would allow you to make 3D effects, so actually fucking using vertices and shit like that now you know, as opposed to pixels everywhere, but that, that, that's that's all I was really talking about, was that transition there, fucking yeah, hell as much man as, as much as Lord, you know, because a lot of, it's very common to hear when uh, we whenever we have a big year or at the end of a decade and there's a big look back on 100 best games of all time or best games in the decade and it's around a lot of people's sites Mario Brothers 64 this huge excitement about yep. to 3D uh, I don't think we really felt that as consumers I mean it helps that I think if it wasn't I think I said this to you the other day if it wasn't for Mario 64 we wouldn't look back with rose tinted glasses at how revelatory the, the move to 3D was uh, and as I also said to you the other day there was a lot of shit <laughs> there was there was a lot of shit I know broken <laughs> games which yes they were 3D but awful to look at and didn't really work and, and you know somewhere in between 2.5 and, and 2.5 and 3D but not in a very good way at all um and a lot of games, I think, did, you know, kind of shoehorn in the fact that there was these 3D elements to them, and they, they really didn't need them. And I, I think, I think Pandemonium falls into that category as well. Did it? Well, was it anything added? Would that not have worked as well if it was just a pure 2D game? Yeah, yeah, no. I, I mean, it definitely added things because there was like these sliding sections, and there was a sort of like it would come out to the cal- camera as well, or pan away from the camera, um, which was quite cool. Um, it, it wasn't that great a game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not praising it to its, you know, the extremes, but it was. Um, there was more. I think it was more exciting. Like even just um, just to see the technology in action like you know the bullshit you used to be able to do in Theme Hospital you know where you would build a roller coaster and then you would click to be like a Theme Hospital? No not Theme Hospital uh, Theme Park <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Build, build, a a <laughs> yeah. build a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. The side of the hospital. <laughs> and then you have to deal. With, then you have to deal with all the with the victims straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but in theme park you could like click to have somebody like take somebody's point of view, and you yes. could go on the roller coaster. It wasn't a roller coaster. It was just a three D. It wasn't even 3D, it was just a rendered fucking um, video. 
um, that was the same video every single time. You know, it was not your roller coaster that you'd built, it was just a generic roller coaster thing. But at the same time, it's still quite cool to actually think that you could do that. And with um, the 2.5D games, being able to bring your character closer to the screen or further away, or just sort of like add that sort of extra dimension because um, it wasn't just like New Super Mario Brothers which is static in comparison you would actually get some sort of twisty, turny, helter skeltery bits in it and things like that um, which made it, you know fun to look at I mean, not necessarily like um, what's the word I'm looking for it was good for the time put it that way yeah, I I don't think yeah. I would enjoy going back to Pandemonium. I'd feel, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, on, on that note, uh, when you're talking about theme park, I do love uh, in those games where you can jump in and see the perspective from a visitor. Uh, so the Jurassic Park one was particularly good at doing that. You could, you know, take the safari. Um, jump in and see what the, the people at the jeep would see and what's the other one is it dungeon keeper yes i think dungeon keeper yeah you could like possess some so of you your could, um minions yeah, you could pick the viewpoint of any one of your minions running around um, it looked <laughs> absolutely awful of course uh, <laughs> <it was fun>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's quite cool yeah Okay, so I guess we talk about one of my ones Let's now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I actually, I actually had um, actually, actually, uh, I actually, 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 um, actually. What's going actually, in your brain with the double actually? Is that? Is oh actually. man, it's overheating from from the warmth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually had. Yep. Pandemonium down there is one of my ones as well, but I don't think I'm going to discuss that any further. Um, not only because it was notable at the time, um, but yeah, the next the one the, I wanted. To, how did you? How did you? You know, tell us, paint us a picture, Richie. How did you come across Pandemonium? Did you just randomly pick it up? Did you play it on the demo? Did you? No, it this was Pandemonium was hyped. It was hyped to the nth degree. It was in all of the magazines, all the PlayStation magazines, you know, this is the future of platforming, this is the future of this, that, and the next thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, I just remember so much about it. And, like, you would see that stupid clown and his um, female counterpart on the front of all of the magazines constantly. I just remember that being the game, and it just every review of it being oh my god this is groundbreaking groundbreaking all that sort of stuff um and i guess at the time yes it was quite different um and it was a new take on um sort of uh platforming um but yeah it's um that is why i picked it up i was just like hype 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 now i remember Prettiness, and I remember Helter Skelter moment, and I probably remember it in a very, very rose tinted manner. <laughs> um, but I do believe that it's um, it, it won't have stood the test of time. 
I'm just guessing that because I, I can remember I also don't think I ever completed it I think it was one of these ones that was perhaps overhyped as well <laughs> um, and any other game that I could think of <laughs> at that time probably drew my attention further away from it very very quickly but I mean that's that's all I really remember about it um, <laughs> okay yeah. Can have a yeah, that was a, a short, yeah. yeah it, was, it was more just a notable uh, point. Um, I'm and watching a video now, and I, this is not the game I was thinking of. No, no, but I, it does look familiar, but yeah, you don't remember Pandemonium the Digester, no. So, what game do you think you were thinking of then? <clears throat> I don't know. No, I remember the Jester and the, and the female character. Um, but yeah, watching this video, yeah, it does kind of, you know, you do. It's essentially you take Donkey Kong Country, uh, and then instead of you just going from left to right, you, you twist that. Yeah, and the camera can change and things like that. Yeah. 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 But you're you're basically not moving off of that two D plane very much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very much yeah. a camera gimmick. Uh, yeah. But no, it's fine. Okay, I was, I was overly harsh. I apologise, Pandemonium. <laughs> Okay, and of course it's so, very successful, right? Because then we saw, I guess, on the PlayStation, a thousand games that then tried to do exactly the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was the thing. It was, I think it was the first to kind of do that that thing. And yeah, you got so many of them that were just trying to to sort of emulate that. And like even like several years later, you still had them. Uh, towards the end of the PlayStation One's life, yeah, it, would, it just it, it became the kind of the go-to uh, genre for uh, you know shitty moody uh, shitty moody shitty media <laughs> TV tie-ins. Um, yeah. All but, all oh, I absolutely. Yeah, you could imagine Batman Forever coming out at that time, <laughs> or Train Spotting the video game being <laughs> a fucking two <laughs> uh, D platformer. <laughs> yeah. That would be great, especially when you know you could have the tripping sequence, which would be running around a fucking crawling babies on the ceiling. That's more like Silent Hill than anything, man. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, oh. do your proper number one. Okay, my proper number one. Yeah, proper number one. Yes, is Twisted Metal World Tour. Uh, uh, I have not played the Twisted Metal series. Well, that's a lie. Much, much. okay, yeah. yeah. I've, I've touched them. Um, And you're a big Twisted Metal fan. <laughs> well, World Tour. Yeah, Twisted Metal 2, it was released as Twisted Metal 2 in, like, I think America or somewhere else, but in the UK it was Twisted Metal World Tour. Um, And, yeah, um, I never picked up the previous one, uh, which is a good thing, because apparently it wasn't as good. (laughs) Um, uh, But Twisted Metal World Tour, um, for those of you who don't know, it's a sort of demolition derby with... um, machine guns and homing missiles and fire missiles and napalms and dropping mines and uh, it sort of has a whole bunch of different car characters as well 
<laughs> so you have um, you can have like a digger or you can have a hearse or you can have a guy on a, on a motorcycle or you can have a sort of big tanky uh, World War 2 tanky thing or a jeep or very iconically there's a guy who's standing sort of akimbo with his arms and legs spread and he's attached to two tires and his name is Axel um, <laughs> he doesn't look like he's having a lot of fun it looks a little bit like he's been tortured uh, and has wheels attached to him but he's a character in that um, but yeah the whole idea of it is you play as one of these crazy variety of characters and you play against a AI or you play co-op uh, or you can play versus um, and you can just basically run around the map, run around, drive around the map, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can um, you shoot each other. You can find ramps. You can find secrets. You can find little cubby holes to hide in, um, and basically you just have to take out all of the other opponents. And you do get boss characters as well. Uh, one of the most iconic boss characters would be the Sweet Tooth, uh, the Sweet Tooth, or just Sweet Tooth, <laughs> which is um, a killer clown um, and, and an ice cream van. Um, and yeah, basically the matches could last anything between like three or four minutes to like hours of just trying your best to whittle down your opponent. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it was all sorts of different cars and vehicles. It wasn't the prettiest of games. Um, well, by today's standards, it isn't. At that time, when you were playing it, you were thinking, wow, this is amazing. Look at this 3D environment. And you've got different um, arenas. Um, so you have, like, skyscrapers where you have to, you have to jump from one skyscraper to the next to keep yourself safe or to attack an opponent and if you fall off it's kind of game over um, but you also get things like um, like Paris or New York um, and it's, it's all really really well done with lots of little places you can hide and you can just spend forever sort of you almost want a one player mode explorative uh, exploration mode because it was so much fun to find all of these extra secrets and there's like little shop fronts that you could get through and hide in which had little pickups and you could stay in there and then sort of jump out and be able to sort of uh, pinch your opponents and things like that and there was a lot of um, inputs as well like when I say that I mean like you could use uh, what's it called you know like your Hadouken moves to actually do special moves as well if you were capable of using them and things like that um, and yeah I mean it was a lot of fun it was quite hard as well and there were some characters like the um, the guy on the motorcycle he's I think supposed to be like Ghost Rider um, and he's called Mr. Grimm uh, so I think he's, he's kind of meant to be that sort of a Ghost Rider style but he was weak super weak like he just couldn't be hit because he would automatically die almost um, it's, the, and, it's the classic racing uh, I don't know how you describe these racing battlers uh, yeah but you know how other games have classes in this genre of game you've got 
fat and slow, big fat and slow, right? So monster trucks, JCBs, you can, then you've got super fast and uh, really weak, and it's always, almost always, somebody on an ATV or a bike. Uh, yeah, it's a good trope. I like it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I just had a lot of fun um, playing that game, and like even when it was like just playing single player, um, th- it's got like a very sort of dark humour to it as well. Obviously, because you get the killer clowns and all the characters are kind of like sort of weirdly sort of death related or something like that. And of course, the weird Axel character, um, and you get these ending stories from them where they get there wishes fulfilled and stuff like that but there was also like Elsa had a healthy dose of hidden extras and cheats in it as well which is really quite cool um, so like you could play um, like maps from Twisted Metal 1 as well and these were like suburban areas and you could only get them by straight up inputting a code you know, up left, up left, L1, L2, down right, X, O, you know, that sort of shit. Um, and then you would get like that. Uh, they would unlock these certain things. And there were so many things that you could do there as well. Including like, you could even unlock the big main final boss guy uh, called Minion. Who I think was just basically Satan in a giant tank. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you would ju- he would just sort of have like the b- best power up possible, and I think I think that's how I explored a lot of those maps as well, just because you could like take out like eight out of the nine opponents, just leave that other one running about, and just have a little look around the map and explore and try and find things. <laughs> it is weird that um, the exploratory part of this old PS1 game is the thing that actually sort of I remember so fondly <laughs> as well but yeah yeah I uh, now nowadays it's it's a little bit better but I, I do wish more games would include a exploration mode um, because uh, describe exactly as you were describing um, we used to do that on things like micro machines, right? so you, know, you had to play play kind of co-op and then very carefully not edge off the screen to destroy the other player, but you know go off track and you'd find these hidden areas and uh, potential shortcuts. Um, so kind of hours of not really playing the game as it was meant to be played, but kind of exploring and seeing things. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and the, but yeah, the aesthetic, which is kind of like a really, oh, I guess it's kind of Mad Max, gritty, post-apocalyptic. There's something about that that, again, makes me really. Uh, I get really. It makes to me feels very early PlayStation. There were a lot of games like I, I don't know what it was. Why there were so many that were like it, but you know things on fire and things a bit gritty. Uh, uh, and a bit creepy. Uh, yeah, it is very nineties. It's very, it's, it's slightly edge lordy, but cartoony at the same time. 
Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Before, it does. I think before um, game. Before games. Hello. And this is sort of before games got. Uh, I don't think it's the case anymore, but, but games got very kind of tried and tested. So you know, we saw like a instead of doing this huge diversity in, in both the genre but also art style uh, and for me the early PlayStation days one of the wonderful things about early PlayStation days was that there was just so much out there you know talked about Pandemonium but also things like Syndicate Wars Twisted Metal um, and so yeah that that just imagination I think creativity and imagination before yeah I mean there was a massive theme for that sort of um, dystopian future and there, there was so much of that in the late 90s where it was just sort of like this anti-heroes and it, it led to things like um, like the Matrix in 99 um, but there was definitely this sort of post-apocalyptic sort of Akira style not cyberpunk, but um, pre-cyberpunk. You know, it was um, it was it was a bit more gritty and leathery and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, was, was today, I think uh, a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff. Maybe it's because day-to-day reality's getting there. It's just a bit depressing. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> everything's run down and it's depressing, and most people have died. Uh, whereas back then there's kind of an imagination around what the end of the world yeah yeah everybody just had fucking costumes on instead yeah, you know everyone just went oh well, it's the end of the world I'm going to chuck on some chains some leathers <laughs> yeah and get some like neon paint and <laughs> it's okay because we've got our 14.4 modems we can do some hacking in the dystopian future <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm going to weld a machine gun to the top of a police car and then and I, all the time wearing fingerless gloves as well. Yeah. <laughs> Little did they know. The apocalypse would be far sadder and people would be whinging about wearing masks or not masks sat at home. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, yeah, far more boring vision of that. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. To Twisted Metal. I, I, like I said, I, know, I never played it. Um, I was more of a vigilante. We got into this genre with Vigilante 8, which I absolutely loved. And then when I met you, I think you were still playing Twisted Metal. Well, yeah, I, I think um, it was definitely one that sort of stuck around with my PlayStation 1. And I think I brought my PlayStation 1 to uni as well. So that, it, it was definitely one that I quite liked. But also, I mean, I skipped the other ones because they said, it, well, the reviews said it wasn't as good. So I never really bothered with it. But when the PlayStation 2 came out, um, and I know this is way off tangent from what we're talking about, but um, when the PlayStation 2 came out, I actually bought Twisted Metal, Metal Black. That's why I bought my PlayStation 2, you know. I, I think you were there, in fact. I think it was Silent Hill 2 and Twisted Metal Black were my main reasons that I wanted to buy a PlayStation 2. Did it have painted black in the trailer or yes. in the game? I oh, know. As you open up the game, and yes. anywhere they can get that fucking theme tune, and they would do it. It would just have painted black everywhere. Like I love, I love that Lit- song. Literal songs. 
This is called Twisted Metal Black. That song's about the colour black. We're putting them together. Yeah. Uh, it was just constantly I think like if you paused it it would go ding 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 I'm not even gonna <laughs> no 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 I'm not gonna sing fucking painted black guitar <laughs> yeah exactly that is a rocking song that was much better but yeah um, that's that just like it would be everywhere in the game but uh, Twisted Metal Black was good um, it shows that it was a PlayStation 2 early PlayStation 2 game um, where there's still very, very blank textures on everything. Um, but they introduced a really creepy character, again on that creepy vibe um, called Dollface. You know, you're already creeped out by it as well, just because that's its name. And it's basically a sort of burly trucker guy who drives a big truck, um, but has a doll-faced mask on. You know, so uh, ick, creepy, and <laughs> it just kind of uh, uh, it goes along there. I think at some but, point she became a sexy lady. Did it? Okay. Or maybe but, she's always a sexy lady. Maybe, uh, maybe I just remember the sexy lady as a burly trucker man. <laughs> like, uh, she's not sexy enough, wait. Burly trucker man. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Ah well, um, but yeah, it, um, there was a lot of controversy around it. I think, it's like two or three people own it. Uh, there was talk about resurfacing, and then there was a lot of issues with um, uh, with the online as well for Twisted Metal Black because there was this PS2 modem attachment and all that sort of stuff. Those early. Uh PlayStation 2 games and they had a little symbol didn't they on the box which said they were online they were online compatible oh right okay oh yeah um sorry I'm just looking up Dollface and I think I'm mixing up <laughs> Darkseid and Dollface um but anyway um yeah Twisted Metal World Tour great game had some good memories in 1996 <laughs> What's your um, next 96er? Uh, my next 96er. Uh, I can let's stick in the vehicle based genre. Is Destruction Derby 2. Okay, so another sequel. We, yeah, so my, my brother uh, both really enjoyed and was really good at racing games. Um, freakishly so, so there was just no no real point kind of competing with them and so we I think Destruction Derby was the game that uh, came bundled with our Playstation if I remember correctly and it just goes to show the jump in how uh, game developers are working with the Playstation because uh, Destruction Derby 1 to look at and to play was, was kind of awful you know being these boxy cars uh, and you'd be driving around these circuits which were all walled in because it's almost they almost look like you know when you go car go-karting it wasn't a go-karting everything had a raised wall uh, and then you had I think you had six or eight little indicators around your car and, and if you kept getting hit you know on your rear left hand yeah. side it would go green orange red and then that wheel would be fucked so you'd, you'd start driving like a trolley uh, it was enjoyable we put loads of hours into that particularly there's a course which has a 
uh, crossroads in it so that was always fun um, and then Destruction Derby 2 was, is light years ahead of it it's just phenomenal just in the space of a, within the space of a couple of years the difference uh, and so we played there was a demo which had Destruction Derby 2 on it and we played that demo I think you you either had a time limit or you could do one lap of this track um, but you know the, the, the track was had uh, bumps it had it had uh, bits would go up and down and, and gradients rather than this flat kind of boxed in area and this one particular one I forget the name of the level we did it so often there's a huge jump but on the side of the jump is like a, a patch of mud sort of like a ramp and so if you hit that ramp at various angles your car would just go cartwheeling through the uh, cartwheeling through the sky uh, <laughs> and so yeah very early on we picked up Destruction Derby 2 uh, I remember it's one of those dual I don't know why it was it was one of those dual gem cases so <laughs> you know how Final Fantasy 7 came in a dual gem case obviously because it had four discs um, and do you mean Derby 2 did you mean dual as in like held two discs or what do you mean by so, dual yeah. gem case so your standard in Europe came in a uh, you know which was a, essentially a fat CD yeah. case because that's when games have manuals uh, and then multi-disc games some multi-disc games would come in the dual one so you could open the back and the front and I remember okay. Tomb Raider and Destruction W2 also came in these dual cases. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Destruction W2 uh, was phenomenal. The reason I'm asking and just putting a yeah. quick pen in this one is like, because dual... Hang a lamp on it. Um, not, hang a lampshade for like, fucking hell. I can't believe you keep making that mistake. So behind the scenes content, viewers, if you've been listening to this podcast, you would have heard Richie say, hang a lamp on it a number of times. And I knew what he meant. But I thought, I've never heard anyone say it like that. And so just before this podcast started, we had the discussion about whether it was hang a lamp or hanging a lampshade. And it is, in fact, hanging a lampshade. And so you can... Yeah, no, it, it was definitely the other way around. Listen to Richie get it wrong. <laughs> At least eight times. And you might have been wondering what he was talking about. He actually meant hanging a lampshade. I used a different metaphor, putting a pen in it, just quickly. <laughs> You didn't need to bring another metaphor into it. <laughs> so I was hanging I was hanging a lamp on you, putting a pin. Hanging a lamp shade, Farley. Hanging a lamp shade <laughs> on it. <laughs> you don't hang lamps. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah, jewel case, as in J-E-W-E-L, were just the, no, the normal jewel, CD jewel, case. Jewel. 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 I was going to eat gem case. Oh man, how embarrassing! <laughs> gem cases or dual cases? I really it just fat dual cases. Uh, but dual yeah, no, I know what you're meaning. Where you'd have dual, the dual jewel case. Yeah, dual jewel case. Dual no, dual I, I, case. I I was just like think shit. Is it like is it two of them or like different? But yeah, fat. PlayStation 1 CD cases were, were yep. the standard. Unnecessary amount of air and just took up extra space. Yep. Um, yep. 
um, and you liked the Destruction Derby too. I I remember I remember playing demos of it. I never played the game itself, but I do remember the damage system. So I think I think I must have played it like right at a mate's house or something like that. Um, but yeah, again, it's another good co-op fun game, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you'd you see some of the best times where I guess just to straight up Destruction Derby, so you'd just be in a big arena. Um, I remember there's one that was flat and there's one that had a mound in the middle and that was the best level because yeah. uh, as soon as it started everyone everyone uh, just runs up onto this big mound on the middle <laughs> the mound they go spiralling off in all kinds of directions you know some guys are some cars are fucked from that first moment on and are crawling around <laughs> uh, yeah it's just it was great it was just super fun um, it was like it, it's sensibly that what you should do is not <laughs> do that yeah, fucking absolutely jump. right you stay out of it <laughs> until the last three guys are there and then just hack away at their at their smoking bits until until the until the but it's really hard to resist just flooring it <laughs> throwing yourself in and, and then and kind of seeing what happens you know, seeing when you ended up uh, another reason why it's in there is it's a Cygnosis game I don't need to be a British gamer our age about having soft spot for synthesis yeah of course um and again like a couple of games we've spoke about destruction derby games didn't really go anywhere as far as i aware. i think there's a three on props on playstation 2 but it's a genre we don't really have quite so much yeah i know you you kind of i always felt like flat out should have had a just a straight up destruction derby rip-off um yeah, it's that's a that's a good point. I feel like that is a genre that should still exist in you know in great numbers and have like multiple people who are recreating it. That's yeah. that's a good point. And with um, yeah. you know with uh, battle royales, although it seems like they're calming down now. I think the, the battle royale bubble has somewhat burst. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think Apex died. Uh, <laughs> dead game. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, perfect excuse um, for a driving battle royale. Uh, bring back destruction derby in, in some form or another, or just you know. I mean, a hundred cars <laughs> yeah. down to one car. That sounds amazing. Let's get that game made. Fuck yeah! Just, hell. You know, throw an arena into Burnout Paradise or Flower or other games which are almost there right just not in that, uh, in that. And, the, and the mechanic around having a little car with you know bits it's essentially mini life bars that you see deplete oh. and then when they deplete that means your back wheel goes or you're slow or your front wheel goes or I think it's if you've got a double uh, if the front two you've got a double um, max damage on those and you'd be out of the race completely so towards the end it became an awesome the tech was to protect your front which would inevitably mean driving around backwards um yeah it's good well, it's, it's i just had a little flash to what this game might be um and i've decided i don't want it to exist anymore it's gonna be Why? well if you have a look at what some of the free or free to play battle royales are like 
I was just thinking, okay, yeah, okay, you're going to be able to customise your car, and then you're also going to be able to buy the gold bumper, which gives you the extra health, and you can get all the little pay-to-win fucking elements to add to your car to make it into, uh, make it super hard to defeat and I've decided I hate it um, so, so I'm a little bit land? worried <laughs> what's the land of shadows or warframe or raid lord what's the generic free to play title for a destruction derby game oh for um, wheels of war <laughs> there we go. Take that to the bank. Wheels of War. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I hate it already. <laughs> oh, sorry for peeking there. <laughs> the idea of it. No, I really did. I feel ill. Little... Oh dear. There we go. I mean, structure Derby Two still exists, so chuck it in PlayStation Two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's your next 96er? My next 96er. Okay. Um, I suppose I suppose it has to be and I'm sure it's on your list as well. Resident Evil. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was on my list, but I guess you were going to mention it, so Yeah. I mean, first Resident Evil uh, such a brilliant game um, that like within six months it already brought out the director's cut edition of it as well um, yeah I mean it is Bravo Team is it Bravo Team or is it Alpha Team it's Bravo Team They're kicking about in the <laughs> kicking about in the um, in the mansion um, killing zombies and zombie dogs then later, green frogmen, um, and ultimately some purple monkeys and uh, a giant uh, fleshy blade handman. Um, and remember Amazon Jill. Uh, it, it, it's a great game, great puzzles. It was static 2D backgrounds, but you had a 3D model and models um, around that you could sort of push block blocks and you could basically it was a, a sort of a, a collect them up and uh, that you had to, I'm sorry I used that term farly and that you had to like <laughs> find a key or find a gem in order to open a door um, and that's ultimately what the entire game is um, but it, it, it's good fun um, because it's in that sort of B-movie uh, world. It was very. It was of its time because there was quite a lot of zombie fanatic horror, hammer horror films, and this one was just. It was just straight up. You know, it was like, no, don't go out there. No, don't open that door. And it was just so badly edited. And that first opening sequence, which is uh, like, I, I was just blown away because it was real actors and real people. Yeah. But then you look at it and it's just like it was the worst production values ever and you know it's clearly been dubbed over by other people <laughs> um, but yeah it was it was so inspiring just to see like this zombie type game and to treat zombies 
like they should be treated as the slow ambling zombies um, and you know have a little fun shooting mechanic along with like this puzzles that were just taking you around the entire mansion and it, there was such a fun feeling of fear and you know I think this is where most survival horror comes from of just like do I have enough do I want to walk around this next corner and especially because the camera angles were static it was even more scary because you knew that if you walked a certain degree you would turn the camera or if you knew there was a zombie already in the room and you could hear him plodding but you didn't know where he was plodding from because of the camera angle it just made it so much more um, scary in that fashion um, and of course it had its jump scare moments the whole ceiling crashing in on Jill or checking out a bathtub and the guy comes out of the wardrobe oh, I don't think that was the, the way it happened how did it happen Farley? Uh, you read the uh, itchy tasty file yes and then he pops out of the wardrobe yep there. yeah yeah it's, uh, it's a great game <laughs> it is a great game and in our household um, I think this game alongside um, perhaps Tomb Raider they really brought the family together and it was the first game <laughs> that, that we'd seen well for us it was the first game that was doing something different right? so it wasn't a it wasn't a race, it wasn't a platformer, it wasn't arcadey, it was something based on exploration, on on thinking, uh, yeah, it was, you know, and obviously it's not the first, you know, there were point-and-click PC games before that, and we could argue about, about you know, non, non-kind-of-challenge-based arcadey, because we have to mention the word arcadey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> for us, yeah, this... this this was the kind of game that me, my brother, my mum, and my sister could all kind of get together and um, uh, uh, and tackle. And uh, it, it's this kind of game which which I enjoyed a lot more. Uh, you know, as fun as some of these other games were, um, and you know, obviously it had a huge influence on us um, uh, and related games. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it's, I don't. Do you remember how you got onto it? In, in my, and, and you know, nostalgia and raised into glasses. I don't know how we ended up picking it up. I don't think I got it as a birthday present. Uh, I, 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 I <laughs> so it was just kind of like um, it was a friend um, just got me as a birthday present, and I was a little bit dubious but of course blown away by that um, opening sequence and um, I remember I I probably spent far too long on the game as well I feel like I'll have cleared everything on my first playthrough as well as in like I would have explored everywhere and tried everything that I can maybe I had like all of my secrets or something like that but it would have been I, I, I think I probably spent like Eight ten hours on a playthrough of that, <laughs> uh, you know, easily, and and I remember like the, it was hard as well, because obviously like it's that hoarding mentality of that still exists uh, in Resident Evil games, where you just don't want to, you want to try and save as much as you can, save all of the 
ammo and save all of the you know um, consumables as much as you can but like I remember that last um, part in the lab specifically the purple monkeys and I feel like I feel like I had a guide or oh my god I just had a flashback do you remember when you thought it was hilarious that in Tekken 2 I had like um, a laminated fucking um, (laughs) move list yes I made maps of Resident Evil 1 I think we did as well yeah so I think I, I like copied them off the screen and I made them bigger using a photocopier at my local library. That's fucking oh God, that... nuts. <laughs> it's just for you. Yeah, it's just like, I needed to make it bigger and then I remembered that, like, <gasps> you can do that on photocopiers. And I think it used to be, like, I think it was, like, 10p to use the photocopier so you can make a copy yeah. of it. Oh man, that's so crazy! Yeah, I, I just weird flashbacks of that. Uh, yeah, um, that's the. That's the yeah. I mean, obviously you lose it. Um, the from the second playthrough onwards, really. But that's the wonderful thing about playing a Resident Evil type game for the first time is is you know you don't know where your next clip of bullets is or where the next green and herb is. Um, you know, and you're, you're, you're do I try and get past this zombie or not, or uh, do I use my first aid spray only to find that there's you know a red, green, and blue herb just sitting in the next room? Um, and unfortunately, that's something that you can only kind of really live once um, on that first playthrough. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I played it again um, probably a couple of years ago on the Vita because I got all three of the original PlayStation ones um, and uh, uh, yeah I, I think you're right it's just like I kind of knew there was going to be green herbs um, like around the corner um, or I actually had a stack of fucking first aid sprays in there and you know that there is zombies in this room and you know that that moment where you come back from the guardhouse, you've just spawned fucking hunters everywhere. Like, <laughs> um, so that's the point where you bring out the shotgun or you bring out the acid rounds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. or you know, yeah. yeah, you know what to pick up and what to leave because you'll probably need it later. Um, yeah, it's like, right, okay, I'm just dealing with hunters, so I'm going to go through the mansion uh, with nothing but flame rounds, <laughs> you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Chuckle, yeah, chuckle that shit in my chest. Uh, make sure you double tap on the dead body because he's got two clips, etc. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, Resident Evil. Awesome game. Resident Evil. Ninety six. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your next ninety six, sir? Uh, my next ninety six, and like I say, one of the earliest games after probably Destruction Derby is Blood Omen: Legacy of Cain. Oh, okay. I've not played this. And this has a lot of sequels and things like that, doesn't it? it, Yeah, it does. It has a bit of a franchise after it, but it um, it takes a very different 
roofs. So from the second game onwards, they're all um, 3D sort of action. God, I hate these type action <laughs> um, adventure game. Uh, but the first one was sprite based, um, and yeah, oh, okay, it looked, it looked a bit like uh, early Diablo's. Uh, don't know again. Don't know why we would have randomly picked this up. Bearing in mind that we were just looking at a magazine page, um, and that's one that we played together and really, really, uh, really, really enjoyed. Uh, you start the game by dying. Spoilers for for a <laughs> game. Um, you start the game by dying. Uh, get brought back as this vampire, and then you you spend the rest of the game. Uh, kind of exploring Nosgoth, uh, but it had uh, essentially a gear gating system. So you'd, you'd, by defeating, by going in different areas and, and defeating bosses, you'd earn new powers, which could help you uh, explore different parts of the area. Uh, you'd uh, level up your weapons, uh, and then because you're a vampire, uh, you could kind of suck the blood I think you can suck the magic as well from, from the enemies it's a really a really cool mechanic um, so it's a really nice world um, amazing um, music uh, and it was a game we spent uh, a lot of time playing through it was quite tough as well because essentially you know all you had was a sword swing um, so you're kind of walking around and you've got a sword swing and and that's that's kind of the only tool you had um and just it's again we really enjoyed that as a as a, a family and it kicked off the whole legacy of Kane series and what's quite good about that i mean i don't know whether we'll ever get it back again or not i don't know rumors of a new game and then it got cancelled and it was an online game at some point um but they really stuck to that solid story weaved in the first one so uh, it's one of those cool instances where in the later games you return to uh, areas in the first game um, albeit you know in full 3D rather than, rather than yeah. pixelated uh, top down view um, yeah and then Kane who you play from the moment he dies um, later becomes the kind of uh, antagonist uh, yeah very cool game yeah, I mean, I, I've I know of it, never played it. Um, it does look incredibly Diablo-y. Um, like even just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking at the health bars and things like that could definitely, you know, persuade me that it was Diablo or a secret bit in it. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, uh, no it, like, wasn't, it wasn't a dungeon runner though, so you didn't. Um. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about getting... Man, what are you like, uh, dungeon runner, action, fucking... <laughs> gated <laughs> gear systems. Yeah. Where's this all coming from? <laughs> You're obsessed with these, these genre labels. Uh, it's also really gory, which I don't think particularly puts off, but just the... I don't know, this is such a generic thing to say, but the, the world building was really tight, uh, so it was all... Uh, Kane was voice acted uh, and he took himself very very seriously as well I think which helped um, so it was quite it was quite grim um, in parts uh, and then as you'd explore the area and you'd come across you know staked bodies um, uh, 
and there's a lot of gothic elements to uh, the menu and the HUD. Um, yeah. Again, I suppose that kind of touches on the theme of the 90s as well. And like, along with our edge lordy fucking fingerless gloves and leather jackets, everything, you everything got on fire. Yeah, you got a lot of the vampire gothic, deathy, medieval sort of spiel in there as well. And, and like, yeah, like the over the top goriness that you get in, like, in Legacy of Cain, you also got in Diablo as well. Sorry to keep drawing that comparison. Um, but yeah, that, that was definitely a thing um, of the of the 90s as well vampires particularly just seem to be everywhere or like on tv or on fucking uh the sci-fi channel at that time as well it was very um yeah i think it is definitely of its time and quite telling in that sort of fashion um i mean i'm sure you get it today uh, and in fact probably in glorious 3d uh, but it's more kind of i don't know I, I think it's it it's definitely has a feeling of being of its time without any sort of you know yeah just as it is but yeah sorry go on back when, <laughs> back when vampires are vampires and not sexy young men <laughs> sparkles yeah. <laughs> Back when vampires were David Boreanaz. <laughs> uh, yeah, and at the end of the game, uh, which is quite cool, you, you make a decision one way or the other, and uh, you get a different ending depending on what you do. Uh, and then the, the series continues based on the evil choice that you take. Um, and that was that was uh, that was cool to kind of get there um, and have this choice before mm. there was a lot of choice in games type things hey, so I, I never even knew that you'd played that or were a fan of it in any fashion at all <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of yeah. our one of our earliest um, earliest games I think we kind of replayed it through a couple of times um, and it's probably unlike the other ones well Resident Evil perhaps um, it probably still holds up. It's still playable, I think. <laughs> still playable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I right now I am gonna try and find a way to play Twisted Metal <laughs> World Tour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm very much uh, like feeling quite nostalgic here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. <laughs> Next, um, I'm I'm gonna do a cheaty one. Okay, a proper cheaty because it never really happened. Um, cheaty one on my list as well, so it's fine. Okay, cool. My uh, other ninety sixer is Super Mario RPG. Okay. <laughs> you understand why that's cheaty? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we never got yeah, an EU release of that one, um, and yeah. I certainly didn't play it. Night- so- Sorry, you go on. I was going to say you didn't play in '96. 
Yeah, did not play in '96. No, I did not. Um, that to be being fair, said, I'm not too sure how many of these we actually played in '96. Yeah, no, there's a good possibility that I picked some of these ones up and uh, <laughs> got it to uh, got in 2017. 2017? 1997? <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> but yeah, um, Super Mario RPG uh, it was like, it was supposed to be the headliner culmination of um, what the N64 was going to become. So it was Square who solidly went over to um, the Sony PlayStation side and and Nintendo got together to make this RPG. Um, And of course, um, everybody's seen the news recently about the the rare Super Nintendo PlayStation 1 hybrid console that existed or had it sort of uh, only existed as one... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, prototype. Prototype, that's the word. Uh, so it only li- lived as one prototype before, you know, Sony decided, you know what, fuck it, we're going to make our own console. Um, and this was sort of that sort of break um, in between there. But Super Mario RPG is so good because it sort of it captures that... Um, Super Mario World slash, you know, um, with RPG mechanics. <laughs> it's like the fucking. It does what it says in the Ten Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it brings in a new enemy um, and thus allowing you to have a team with Mario and Peach and Bowser um, and a few other. Um, new characters for the um, actual uh, for the for the actual game itself as well Gino which you'll probably recognise from Smash Brothers um, and then there's a cloud called Mallow as well um, but yeah it's it's isometric um, as in proper SNES isometric as well so that it means it's like straight diagonals um, oh god straight diagonals does that make sense pure straight diagonals (laughs) (laughs) Um, right Um, so everything is on a diagonal and um, it is sort of Final Fantasy type um, random events uh, random battles uh, except that you can't run into them in the real world um, so there will be like Goombas flying around and if they hit you then it turns into a random battle event or a battle event um, and you get to use um, special powers you get to um, use Mario's jump or you can use Mario's hammer um, Bowser gets his uh, butt bash in it um, he also can like use chain chomps as well as weapons uh, Peach can use a variety of umbrellas um, and it, it's just sort of based around that and you can use fireballs when you get fireball power ups and things like that it's, it's, it's everything that you could sort of associate with Mario in there but then it's sort of got this arc where you have to go through seven different lands because these swords have taken over castles and the swords have <laughs> 
like characters and things like that. It's your usual sort of RPG story as you're running through it. Um, and there's loads of extra secrets to get. There's outfits to get. Leveling up is a thing, so you can get strength and magic and HP upgraded, and you can choose which ones you want to go for. The music is astounding as well. And in general, it's just a fantastic game, and it's so annoying that it's just not out. You know, it is not easy to play this game. I think we were talking about it briefly, and you were saying, yeah, I think they brought it out on the Wii. Is that right? Or it's like available on the Wii uh, store or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it should be like one of the first ones that come out um, on that SNES. Um, the Nintendo Online free games that they give you, you know? It's just such a, a fun uh, Mario game and... I played a bit of Paper Mario and I get that it's, it's similar with the RPG mechanics but it's it doesn't have the same kind of feel as this one does this one feels like it was but I mean it's very very much a SNES game so it encapsulates a lot of the SNES-ness um, of the sprites yeah, yeah the, the, the terminology we are introducing this podcast <laughs> the carry on but yeah the snazness of it is just through the roof uh, <laughs> but but yeah it's a it's a pixelated rpg so, so what yeah. what if something what if something reminds you of of nez games um i would say the color palette and <laughs> I, I i suppose um great big pixels pixels as big as your fist <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> what do you mean but how I mean how would you describe a game if it reminded you of the NES how would I describe a game if it reminded me of the NES as in like so this is there was SNESness SNESness for SNES oh. games so would it be NESNES Nesness, Nesness, Nesness. The Nesness of games. There was a very um, typical type of Nes game, which was usually a side-scrolling platformer of some kind with very badly drawn sprites, or as as best you could. Um, So I I would say... Four colours. Yeah. Four (laughs) shit colours. One of which is garish purple <laughs> I mean the first thing I'm actually thinking of is that horrible turtles game that came out on the NES and I think we've talked about this before but how unforgiving it was as well Yeah, it's just like you would go down manholes and it would just be like you know you get hit twice and you're dead game over um, but it's like if you moved just a little bit off the screen then fucking enemies would respawn immediately um, so they would just start firing ninja stars at you whilst you're you know technically off the screen um, and can't hit them and oh horrible horrible things but yeah I, I never completed that one <laughs> but yeah I think my naseness would be defined by how um how is how um, the, the just you always had these 
like silly platformers with the crap gra- graphics. I think that my naziness is defined by that. It's just these <laughs> these flat rubbish pixely characters with the 16 colors or, or however many colors there was in that time um and yeah uh, that's why i would define by that but with um with snazness i would probably say <laughs> because it's got a richer color palette um yeah but it's still very pixely um i i, I don't know it, it just it sticks out in my brain even as a really good snes game which i without getting you know into legal issues didn't play on the nays or the snays <laughs> but yeah it's Fed's gonna come and get you <laughs> Kent you heard nothing um, <laughs> but yeah I mean I don't know if there's much more I can really say about Super Mario RPG other than like it is a great RPG game it is so fantastic to have like the Mario characters in it um, it plays like I mean, it just plays like a SNES RPG, but it's um, it's got a lot more heart to it, and everything is good. I'm I'm gonna stop talking about it. <laughs> Man, everything is good. It's so nice. good. <laughs> Put that on the back of the box, Nintendo. If you ever re-release it, <laughs> everything is good. Yeah, just fucking bring it out for the the SNES console. Virtual Console, yeah. please. We got another. We got another three games this week. And none of them were Super Mario RPG, obviously. I know, it's like I, whenever I see that notification, I get excited and I sort of I'll click on it on my phone and I will just sort of wait and hope. And then it's annoying because there's obviously there's people out there like me because I will get fucking things on my Google News feed which is kind of like, oh, Super Mario RPG is still not on the Nintendo Store. And I'm like, fuck off, man. Yeah, did <sighs> so, it come. Did it come with the, uh, you know, the mini SNES? Um, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Fucking, no, probably not, because um, they didn't have any other Square games, did they? Oh, fucking Google SNES <laughs> Mini. Yeah. Hi, listeners, listen to your SNES Hi, Mini. Listen to <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, how great this is, doing research on the fly. On the fly. It's not like we knew what the theme was going to be all week. And also, I'm pretty sure it isn't. No, no, we've got Super Mario World, Mario Kart. I'm not going to name all of them. That's that's even worse fucking. Yeah. No, no. Uh, down, down at the bottom. After what? Yoshi's Island, before Contra 3. What? Where are you looking? Oh my god. Super Mario Tenet. RPG. <laughs> no way. Is it worth bearing in mind you have Nintendo Online Nintendo Switch Online is it worth the cost of a SNES Mini no uh, to be your like, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars machine <laughs> um, no uh, absolutely not um, and there is like there's no <laughs> The the only thing that's good about that, I just, I, as much as I like the idea of the SNES Mini, and you get the controllers with it that are the old classic controllers, yeah, is like I think if I was to end up owning it, I would probably just not play it. 
<laughs> I mean, it's one of these stupid fucking things, isn't it? It's like, even if they do bring it out on the the Nintendo uh, store, what, what is it fucking called? Nintendo Online? Nintendo Switch Online. Okay. Service. Yeah, whatever. Um, I would probably think, yeah, great, I'm going to play this, I'm going to play this. And I just raid World of Warcraft and never play it. You know, and... It's just one of these stupid things, but yeah, unattainability is part of the. Yeah, that probably is a lot about it. Yeah. Part of the charm. But yeah, um, it's, it was a great game, and it was a great game to play. I did play it in '96, and it was, it was a phenomenal story, and I, I just, I strongly advise anyone to play it, despite my previous statement. Of the <laughs> probably not yeah. playing it. Play it. Uh, what I like about the Mario RPGs is you you actually get to see interactions between the Mario characters because otherwise, you know, apart from the thirty-second cutscene at the beginning of a Mario game and the five-second one at the end of a Mario game, yeah, or you know, them walking out the tunnel in whatever sports game you're playing. The, that those relationships have never really been, you know, explored. Yeah. Or, you know. What about in Galaxy? Does it not do a bit more of that? Uh, not really. No, you talk more to the Starman on your ship than you do uh, with Luigi or, or any of the other characters. Yeah. Well, that that that's just one thing um, I would mention about uh, Mario RPG is how glaringly missing Luigi is as a character. He just isn't there. Um, I think there's like a a text note or something like that where he sort of mentions he's doing something else or he's like he's looking after the plumbing business um, somewhere else. Um, But yeah, that kind of that was a glaringly missing thing as well. I think now that you're mentioning Luigi as well, I think like the the ones in the Game Boy Advance, um, what were they called? Superstar Saga. Yeah. They they kind of um, captured a lot of that Super Mario RPG as well, um, yeah, and, and of course, really good. yeah. I mean, I played through them, and they were. I mean, it was good fun. Um, that being said, I don't remember them particularly well. Um, but <laughs> I just remember being a lot of hidden blocks. Like, because you, you're, you you've got the ability to jump in this sort of uh, isometric world. And I remember finding myself just jumping into midair an awful lot because there was hidden blocks. You know, you know that thing in, in Mario where, like, you can just uh, jump somewhere and there will be a hidden block, yeah. That, uh, and you're just sort of covering a map of just jumping. Move to the next square, jump. Move to the next square, jump. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, great game. What's your last 96, sir? My last 96 is also cheaty in that it came out in 96, but I don't think it came out on a platform that we were playing uh, and that is Command and Conquer Red Alert. Um, yeah, Red Alert on the PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we played it on the PlayStation. 
Ah, okay, okay. Um, and the important thing about us playing on the PlayStation is you could hook up two PlayStations and two TVs with a... Uh, what was it called? It was an iLink cable. There are very few games <laughs> um, that you could play with a, a over a cable. So you'd, you'd have to have two PlayStations, two TVs and this cable, and two copies of the game um, to play various games. I think the original Destruction Derby was, but I don't think we ever ever had somebody with a second copy of the game. Um, so we played, we had this, and a friend brought his PlayStation over, and we played hours and hours of Red Alert 2. Uh, so we just set it up in the in the living room, and then it would be, I don't know, kind of like a, almost like a sports arena. So there's just these games that were gone for hours and hours. <laughs> People coming in Brilliant. the room, you know, walking one side of the room, walking the other side of the room, see how things were going. Um, you know, laughing at plans that one person was hatching um, for the other person. So I remember uh, in, in one particular game, my brother just built hundreds of dog kennels. And so you just had this army of dogs. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you kind of send out expeditionary forces every now and then to test where, where the bases were, whatever. Uh, uh, and I remember um, Dr. Wu's little army of men getting destroyed by this army of dogs, but because they all, uh, it's like a, the, the dogs kind of jump onto the, the sprite and do this horrible, like, kind of little mauling. Because there were hundreds that all jumped at the same time, all the dogs merged into one sprite, so it looked like one dog. <laughs> brilliant, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just things like that. I mean, you know, Command & Conquer, uh, real-time strategy game. I didn't play Command & Conquer, um, the first one, uh, until much later. I didn't really like it. I much preferred the, the kind of World War II setting. I think um, everyone preferred the World War II setting. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the sci-fi, futuristic World War II setting rather than the, the kind of yeah, yeah, sorry, grazing, yeah. grazing green of the, the original Tiberium uh, timeline. Um I mean, there's loads to love about Command and Conquer. The music was fantastic. I, I've actually downloaded quite a few of the, you know, RTS ambient music, which is essentially long tracks of nothing. Um, really listenable, listenable to. Uh, really enjoyed again. Simmons of Resident Evil, the, the kind of camp, half live action cutscenes. Um, uh, and yeah, it was just a, a really a solid kind of RPG. Um, we play it versus the computer a lot of the time as well, uh, but there was always there's something wrong with the AI. So you could you could kind of easily stall them out, um, uh, and so that was that was basically the tactic to win. Uh, if you were just playing a, a kind of you know bunch of players on a map type version, rather than, rather than playing through the missions and the story. Uh, and then the sound bites, so very similar to you know the little sound bites from StarCraft and Warcraft that get stuck in a uh, stuck in yeah. head, yeah, yeah, and sampled and remixed, and quite a few of those from uh, Command and Conquer are still rattling around. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, just a uh, and, and again almost included it not not as a gimmick, but with some of the other games we've discussed, it was stuff that was happening on the PlayStation that didn't really happen after that uh, and there is some and I know that gamers of our generation endlessly whinge about things like couch co-op um, 
but there is there was something kind of special about essentially having a LAN party <laughs> with PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, which which you know just isn't isn't replicated uh, just through um, just through playing online. Um, I don't think. Um, but again, had this huge entry requirement, having to have two of all of those things. Did you ever? play Command & Conquer Command & Conquer Red Alert I played it on the PC um, when it came out in 1996 rather than I, whenever I'm it yeah I, I'm I actually reminded of another um, game which I'm wondering came out around the same time because I, I used to like a lot of these strategy games um, and Command & Conquer was definitely a good um, oh fucking hell no no wait a minute um, yeah, it's like it was definitely a good um, strategy game. Ah, oh, no, it came out a year later. Another one that I quite liked, which is called uh, Dark Rain. Do you remember that one at all? Called what? Dark Rain, as in um, Rain of a King. R E I G N. Uh, no, no, that is that is not ringing any bells at all. Okay, well, it's it's very very similar to Command and Conquer. Um, it's set in the sci-fi future. Um, and it's sort of like rebels versus the imperial and I, I can't remember who they are it's just like um, freedom guard versus you know the the evil corporation um, what were the two sects and um, syndicate wars oh the the trench coat guys <laughs> <laughs> and yeah the, the uh, the other guys <laughs> <laughs> but yeah essentially it's that sort of stuff but yeah it was um, it was just again these uh, games where you would mine resources and then create units and upgrade units and all that sort of stuff and then you know just uh, do that sort of fine like Warcraft and Starcraft and stuff like that but Dark Rain um, I think was because I was playing Eurocorp. Eurocorp. Is this from Syndicate Wars? Yeah, just this popular <laughs> Eurocorp. Okay. Those are the good guys or the bad guys. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there are good guys or bad guys in uh, I think they're all bad in um, Syndicate Wars, and that's that's the murky dystopian world that they live in. Um, <laughs> with their fingerless gloves and trench coats. Um <laughs> Unfortunately, I came out in 1997. Otherwise, it would absolutely be on my list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. The PlayStation version. Yeah, Sorry, I've interrupted you twice now. It's right. not very interesting. I'm talking about a game that isn't Command and Conquer. This <laughs> 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 is fucking. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's also got uh, a lot of love as well. I think it's like it's um, it's got an online community um, still to this day. Um, but yeah, Dark Rain um, was just like Command and Conquer, but it just grabbed me way, way more. And I, I like, I was really into a lot of these um, sort of research, like the Starcrafty, Warcrafty games, uh, including Starcraft and Warcraft. Um, and also, what was the other one I really liked? It was one that was it was entirely based on the Star Trek uh, universe. I think I might have been playing this one in, in, in uni as well with you. Yeah. 
Um, but basically, you, you can could... see it. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, eye. Star Trek. <sighs> Carry on. Yeah, so you would mine worlds for dilithium or whatever it was, and you could play as Picard. Uh, so you could play as the Federation, you could play as the Klingons, and you could play as the Romulans, but you could also play as the Borg. And there was a there's a brilliant opening story to the Borg turning up, and they they grab some of um, Picard's DNA, um, so they can remake Locutus and do that whole Borg storyline. So you can just have. Lakitus versus Picard. That's good fun. Uh, but yeah, that's just another one of these. Um, and I think it was more 3D-ish, so I'm, I'm going to guess that it's probably like 99, 2000 or something like that. Okay. But yeah. Uh, been a lot of fucking Star Trek games. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, 99. Okay, is there any of these sound familiar? The Game Show? No, probably not. Star Trek the... Creator? No. The Next Generation, Star Trek, colon, The Next Generation, colon, Birth of the Federation. Birth of the Federation? No, it will be Birth of the Federation. That was turn-based strategy. Secret of Vulcan Fury? It was turn-based, was it? What was it? Starfleet Command? Maybe Starfleet Command? No, no, it wasn't. Armada. Star Trek Armada. That's what it was called. It's 2000, buddy. Oh, fucking hell. I guess 99. Oh, it's February 2000. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it, it was good fun. Um, as, as Star Trek games go, I'm sure it is fucking awful um, if I was to go back to it now. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, Command and Conquer. What a great game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, great game. Building tanks, <laughs> Tesla coils. Uh, you can find a. I think it's before we read. I think it's after the reboot of the blog. Uh, there's a post called Ode to Whore Truck, which is about the whore trucks in uh, Command and Conquer, which you can find on www.thatguys.co.uk. Maybe. I know you definitely can. Um, it's okay. like it was one of our top posts for a long time. <laughs> As I think, um, Rock Paper Shotgun picked up on. Sunday papers. Like yeah, <laughs> and it's about how uh, if you attack, attacking another man's ore truck is just not on. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> Seriously, not cool. Um, yeah, deck move. Deck <laughs> move. Uh, come on and conquer. Red alert. Okay. Cool. So I think games that came out in 1996. Oh, there was loads of them that we we didn't talk about. I did. I deliberately didn't talk about Tekken Two. Um, yeah, I, I saw that and I thought maybe that would be in your list. Um, Wipeout 2097. Yep, it was on my list as well. I was going to, but we we, we talked about a lot of car games. So <laughs> we had our Twisted Metal World Tour, Destruction Derby. So uh, Crash really, Bandicoot, Tomb Raider, uh, you mentioned. Um, Pilot Wings 64. That's a good one. Neverhood. Neverhood? What the hell is Neverhood? It was a a point and click, but it was all um, stop motion animation. It looked like it was stop motion animation um, on the PC. It was like one of the only, one of the few PC games that I 
Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I just googled it and yeah, Neverhood, it's sort of like um, claymation yeah. sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good uh, in a, in a uh, kind of another world uh, yeah. style uh, when it comes to gameplay, but um, I think all hand, all, all hand animated. That's quite cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat trilogy, which we touched on briefly. Mm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a terrible, terrible game. Again, suffering loading issues because it was all on disc. Um, Quake came out for the PC. Yeah, that I feel like. Slug. Yeah, I feel like that was so old, much older than that. Uh, but yeah, I guess it was. Um, and yeah, of course, the one thing that we uh, didn't talk about, and it never really hit the UK shores until a bit later, but of course, Pokemon Red and Green came out in um, in Japan, um, and that, that's pretty much all I had on my list. Did you have any other gems there? Uh, yeah, God, I hate that. <laughs> uh, Kirby Superstar was good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mario Kart 64. Yeah, is that ninety six? I'm gonna strongly debate that one. I think Mario Kart sixty four is ninety seven. As I Google it, thank you, listeners, for you know holding on there. Ah, oh, December nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Oh, and in North America and Europe in ninety seven. Okay, okay, fair enough. We were both kind of right. Dead or Alive? Dead or Alive? Really? Uh, in the arcade, though. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Was there anything... Is this... Is, like, the Game Boy was still going strong, right? In 96? Well, I think the Game Boy Color um, had sort of um, been brought back, and it was... Um, sort of creating a renaissance of Game Boy games because Game Boy had been going since 89 you know it was going and it'd gone but I don't think you were still like getting newish games I mean I couldn't tell you so was Pokemon really late? Pokemon was really late in the Game Boy sort of um, sphere of things and um, I think you also had Pokemon TGC was like one of the last or uh, sorry the card game um, was one of the last sort of titles to come out for Game Boy Game Boy as it were um, but yeah it's like it was uh, I'm trying to think when Game Boy Advance sort of started coming on the scene so that was Gen Gen 3 so Game Boy Advance must have been around 2001 so that that Game Boy must have had about a run of about nearly ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is great. I mean, I, I could just look it up. I'm not gonna. I'm not fucking gonna. But <laughs> uh, there was something about I remember seeing something about that. Oh, the Game Boy Pocket came out in '96. Oh, what? Yeah, the Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, the little tiny slim. Um, so you, I think you got like a, an executive one, which is um, which is metal as well, didn't you? I don't know, I don't remember that. Yeah, oh. oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, like a brush, brush steel. Yeah. Game Boy Pocket. Do you know, I, I always wanted the... Um, for, like, I had the, the Game Boy Advance, um, and then I had the SP, and I had the cool little... Um, the Nez-coloured uh, SP. Yeah. Which, yeah, and I dig that a lot. But I, I regretted never getting one of the Game Boy Advance minis. They were tiny, you know, and I feel like you could sort of almost add them to a keychain, you know. (laughs) And I bet if you look them up nowadays, and I'm I'm actually going to do it, fuck you, listeners. (laughs) Um, I bet they are so expensive, you know. I also regret not buying one. They were quite expensive. Remember, um, my good friend Randy McSparren bought one. Did he? He got a mini. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he had one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, they were they were too tiny. Right? Yeah, I know. I, I I think I'm imagining them so much different. I was like, I was thinking in my head, like, put on your keychain, you know. It wasn't that fucking tiny, Richie. <laughs> One hundred hours into Pokemon Sapphire. <laughs> clutched hands in this tiny little uh, I know yeah no it's not quite keychain material a little bit too big yeah Game Boy Micro that's what it was called yeah there we go listen to us oh, I really like the um, the Game & Watch coloured one yeah that is that's pretty cool pounds uh, for a mint inbox one yeah as anybody who is also at home on a computer can fucking Google right now. Yeah. yeah. Play the I, eBay the Game Boy Micro and see what you get. Let's just rename the podcast um, to listen to two men Google um, on eBay. Google on eBay? Fuck off, <laughs> man. We're yeah, done. Let, let's just fucking end this. End of the Say goodbye, Farley. Six was good. Was it better than yeah. We'll never know. Goodbye, Farley. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>